Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Overcoming micronutrient deficiencies could become part of an effective strategy in the fight against COVID-19. While vitamin D supplementation has gained wide attention, today we're going to talk about a lesser known but equally important nutrient, vitamin K2. My next guest is Dr. Andrew Myers, CEO and Chief Science Officer of Nutrigenetics and an expert in supplement formulation. Welcome to the NutriCast, Dr. Myers. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you so much for coming on. And let's get into it. I mean, what is vitamin K2? Well, to start with, we have to go back a step and say, what is vitamin K? Because vitamin K1 and vitamin K2 are actually different nutrients. So if I may, please, vitamin K was discovered all the way back in 1929 when we realized that it was a vitamin, meaning an essential nutrient not found in our diet that is required for coagulation. So when our blood clots, vitamin K is part of that clotting process. And it's often called the clotting factor. Now, what we've learned in subsequent research and over the years is that there are actually two forms of vitamin K or two main forms, vitamin K1. And that's found mostly in plants like leafy greens. And it kind of resides in our liver. And so it's the liver-based vitamin K. The other K is vitamin K2, and that's the one that works outside of the liver and has wide-ranging benefits in the body. So when you say, what is vitamin K2? Well, it's an essential vitamin that's part of the vitamin K family, and it's a distinct nutrient from vitamin K1. All right. And what are some of the health benefits? Well, the health benefits of K2 are wide-ranging. Let's just start the list. The first is because you brought it up in the intro, it's an immune enhancing nutrient. So it's beneficial to the function of our immune system and it has inflammatory modulating capabilities when it comes to how our immune system creates and responds to inflammation. Beyond that, vitamin K2 is a cardiovascular nutrient. It is also probably best known for its role in terms of bone health because it helps vitamin D to manage calcium levels in the body. I'm just thinking about some other vitamins and sometimes you can tell when maybe you're low in iron and things like that, but are there any telltale signs of when you're deficient in vitamin K, whether it's K2 or K1? Okay. That's a really good question. So deficiency in K is going to lead to changes in clotting factors, but for the most part, we aren't really deficient in vitamin K because we do tend to get some from our diet. K2 sources in the diet, and I'm sure we're going to get to that, are very minimal in a standard Western diet. So in terms of deficiency status, you're not really going to know except for the fact that when deficient in K2, we know that immune system can be less impactful, less functional. We know that there's risk for cardiovascular problems and certainly endothelial dysfunction. The endothelium being that Teflon-like lining that's inside all of our blood vessels that produces so many different chemicals that are involved in 
blood flow and vascular function like nitric oxide. K2 definitely plays a role in terms of the health of our blood vessels and cardiovascular function. And then of course, in terms of bone health, osteoporosis would be a situation where a K2 deficiency would show up. But in terms of like sitting at your desk and recognizing, oh, I'm tired or I have a headache or something like that. No, you're not really gonna know if you're deficient in K2. The other corollary that I would offer though is that if you are deficient in D, which we do have good documentation about from a global perspective, especially those living in higher latitudes who don't get a lot of sunshine, and we know that D is deficient from a dietary perspective, the corollary is if you're deficient in vitamin D, I would say when I work with patients, I tell them I'm about 85 to 90% sure you're deficient in K2 as well, because the two go hand in hand. So I hope that helps. It's a great question. I wish I had a, a better response in terms of, oh yeah, your nails change or your hair falls out or something specific. But with K2, it's not as clear. It has more to do with the biochemistry of the body than it does with a specific symptom that shows deficiency. So we know that a lot of people with darker skin are deficient in vitamin D. So is it safe to say that people of color are more than likely going to be deficient in vitamin K2 as well? Absolutely. That, that is an incredible point and one that, you know, really needs to be emphasized. D deficiency is broad. One of the things that we've been talking about since the publication of the book is that, you know, we have to give up the idea that the sunshine is going to solve our vitamin D deficiency problems on a global basis. The same is true of vitamin K because the sun has really no effect there. Our diets aren't solving our deficiencies in D and K2. The sun isn't going to solve our deficiency of vitamin D. And so what we really have to think about is supplementation. And that's one of the key messages that we deliver in terms of how do we get a healthier immune system? How do we protect our cardiovascular system and vascular tree? Well, we need to start thinking about supplementation as the best way to ensure that we're sufficient in nutrients like vitamin K2. Okay. And you brought it up. You do have a new book called Simplifying the COVID Puzzle. Tell me a little bit about that book and the key messages you're trying to bring home with that. The book is really very straightforward. It talks about the fact that we missed an opportunity in the COVID pandemic and we're still missing it. That opportunity was to be proactive and not just focus on vaccinations, which are an important part of the treatment continuum, not just speak to masks and hand washing and social distancing and those types of behaviors that help to prevent the transmission of the virus. But the foundational point that was missed by both the politicians, the medical doctors, and the scientists was that we all have an immune system that can protect us against viruses and has been doing so for thousands of years. But in order for our immune system to be healthy and strong, we need to have optimal nutritional intake. And if you're deficient in nutrients like vitamin D and vitamin K2, you cannot hope to have an efficient and potent immune response. And so what we talk about in the book is the role that vitamin D and vitamin K2 play in terms of overall immune health, 
immune functionality, and specifically the role that each of them play both separately and together in the progression of COVID. My co-author, Dr. Grace McComsey, who happens to be the vice president of research at the University Hospital System in Cleveland, which is a massive chain of hospitals. I think it's 18 hospitals, 1.2 million patients a month go through their doors. We did a correlation study that showed that vitamin K2 is an independent risk factor when deficient for catching COVID-19. So actually getting the virus and an independent risk factor for the progression and severity of the infection once you get it. Now, that's really profound information that a simple nutrient like K2 could reduce your susceptibility and protect you if you got the virus from having a severe reaction. Everyone needs to know about that. And yet, no one is really talking about the simple fact that we need to have healthy immune systems. You can support that through a healthy diet, reducing your sugar intake, and including daily nutritional supplements. And guess what? The research actually shows that nutrients like vitamin D, vitamin K2, magnesium, vitamin C, zinc can all play a role and help to protect your body and support your body if you do come down with the COVID-19 virus. And you just rattled off zinc, vitamin C, you know, all these immune supporting nutrients. But the one that stands out to me the most is K2 because we don't hear about it. I've done my research. I know how important it is. You're certainly doing a great job selling it. So why don't people know about it? Another great question. And it really has to do with the way that we approach nutrition in America. The first thing is there's no DRI, right? There's no daily recommended intake for vitamin K2. And yet, the research and the science says that vitamin K, which is, there is a DRA for vitamin K, is not what we should be talking about. We should be talking about vitamin K1 and vitamin K2. So the first thing is, when you look at a standard supplement facts label, you're not going to see a requirement for K2. You're not going to see a physician saying, gee, we need to test your K2 levels to see if you're deficient the way we do for omega-3 and the way that we do commonly now for vitamin D. Because we're lacking information about K2 from a supplemental perspective, from a requirement perspective, we don't see as much information and media generated, but that is really changing because as COVID has spread around the world and research has focused on the immune system and especially the downstream inflammatory effects. And believe me, as we look more into the long hauler effect, the long COVID situation, what we're going to see is that this is an issue of blood clotting or thrombolytic events, cardiovascular concerns, and calcification. And in long COVID, K2 is going to be one of the the most important nutrients that we need to be thinking about to help reduce the symptoms in the aftermath of COVID. We don't really know what the long-term side effects are gonna be if we get COVID. And that's the same argument a lot of people have for vaccines. They say, well, we, we don't know what's gonna to happen to us down the road. They haven't, it hasn't been on the market long enough. I say, well, we don't know what the side effects of COVID are either. So you kind of have to weigh your risks and make the best choice for your health. So I'm just wondering, how do you convey this to consumers? What is the strategy right now for getting that word out? I'll tell you, Dr. McComsey, 
So she ran the study. I was part of the coordination team. She was so convinced by the research that, of course, we're publishing a paper. She's publishing a paper, which I hope to see in uh, the journals very soon. And we decided to write this book, Simplifying the COVID Puzzle, to tell the story, the important story of vitamin D and vitamin K2 and how they work together to support the immune system. So when folks like you step up and say, I want to learn more, I've been reading about K2, tell me more about it, this is how the word gets out. People don't know about K2, you're exactly right. We have an opportunity now to educate them to the health benefits of K2, and ultimately, I believe we're going to have to petition the government, the institutes of medicine, to establish a separate DRI for K2 from vitamin K. So that once and for all, everyone understands the body does not work in one dimension. And yet from a nutritional perspective, and in many cases, the way we look at nutrition, it's very one dimensional, but that's not really how things work. In fact, in the body, nutrition is three dimensional and sometimes it's four dimensional. And by four dimensional, what I mean is that it's not just the 3D effect, it's the energetic effect of the nutrient and the binding site and how it fits into the binding site. So there's a fourth dimension. Well, this is the same thing that's true of vitamin D3 and vitamin K2. They're working in multiple dimensions to correct and support healthy biochemistry in the body. When we overlook this fact and we basically put all of vitamin K under one little one-dimensional umbrella, we're doing the average person a disservice because they don't know about K2, they don't know the benefits, they don't know that it can help support their cardiovascular health long-term. They don't know that it activates all of the proteins necessary to put calcium in your bones instead of in your arteries. They don't understand that to have a healthy immune system, you've got to have both vitamin D and vitamin K2 at sufficient levels. And so with your help, our goal, our objective is to tell that story and get the message out because it's too important not to. Now, your book is available for pre-order right now, so we weren't able to, to get a chance to read it just yet. But I guess for those who maybe are considering or planning to get the vaccine, what are the top three things they should know before they get the COVID-19 vaccine? Thank you for asking. The first is the vaccine's part of the continuum. As you said, you have to make a personal choice about whether you think the vaccine is right for you but understand that it is an important part of the, the healthcare continuum when it comes to COVID. The next thing that I would say is that you have to have a strong immune system to get the full benefits of the vaccine. We know that because when you get the vaccine, you're actually asking your immune system to respond. If your immune system is deficient, your response to the vaccine may be somewhat blunted. And what that may mean is that you may have to have a booster. There are a lot of articles in the media talking about the fact, well, we don't know if the vaccine is gonna hold in terms of the immunity it conveys. Oh gosh, the vaccines may become seasonal like any other flu shot. Mm -hmm. These are all considerations that if you go into the vaccination process as healthy as possible, meaning well hydrated and with a competent and healthy immune system, you're gonna respond probably better than someone who has deficiency in terms of their immune response. And then the third thing is, is that 
don't take a bunch of stress into your vaccination process. Make the decision and then go do it. If you're not going to do it, then you need to be especially careful and practice all of those things that have been shown on a global basis through research, those including supplementation, social distancing, wearing a mask, adequate hygiene, all of those things. If you're not going to get the vaccine, if you're not gonna participate in the opportunity for herd immunity, then you need to be socially correct and protect yourself and other people who may be in the same boat as you, but may not have a choice as to whether they can take the vaccine or not. There are certain populations like the immunocompromised, they may not be able to take the vaccination if they're on chemotherapy or if they have HIV or something like that. So we have a social responsibility to, to act on behalf of those folks as well. As more and more people begin to get this vaccine and we move toward herd immunity and a sense of normalcy, is there applications for K2 beyond COVID? So that's a really fun question because the applications beyond COVID are really, I would go in two directions. The first is, and I do not mean to sound like a doomsday doctor. (laughs) The reality is, is that this is only the first pandemic that we're going to face. There are many, many more immune challenges and more than likely epidemics and pandemics to come. And so the the importance of the message here starts and ends for me on the immune side with get your house in order, start taking care of your immune system, focus on supplements and nutrition that are going to build your immune system. Because guess what? If you get the COVID vaccine or not, it's only going to work against the COVID virus and more than likely only against certain variants that are captured within the scope of the vaccine that you took. So the first thing that I would say beyond COVID is that you need to build your immune system. We've already proven that on a global basis and we've lost a lot of lives because no one stepped up and said, you need to start now to get a healthy and strong immune system and here's how to do it. So that's the first thing. The second thing beyond COVID is that Yes, K2 has multiple health benefits, starting with cardiovascular health, bone health, and actually providing support for inflammatory modulation in the body. Let me describe what that means. K2 helps regulate any number of inflammatory chemical mediators that help to stop inflammation in the body. Inflammation is related to joint problems, osteoporosis, heart health, immune dysfunction, If we deal with inflammation, we're actually helping ourselves in a number of different ways. And K2 is very, very promising. Lots of new research talking about K2 as an inflammatory modulator, which is a very healthy place for the body to be. So yes, beyond COVID, beyond immune health, K2 has a very promising future from a research and supplementation perspective with regards to health and wellness. And we should expect to see it coming out in some journals in in the near future, right? Yes. The research is going to come out authored by Dr. McComsey from the University Hospital System. That research is part of a larger group of research that's already been funded and is underway, looking both at immune health, at bone health, and cardiovascular health, all focused on that sort of MK7, which is the molecule for K2, all trans MK7, which is the most active form of K2 in the body, 
That's the one that I recommend to all of my patients and that I take myself. And that's where the research is really going to show promise and benefit in the future. Okay. So lots of very fascinating and important research going on right there. Any other research or projects that you're working on that you can tell us about? Well, at Nutrigenetics, what we do is product development. And the way that we do product development is we look at the science. So I'm reading the science every day. There's incredible information out there. I'm looking at new dimensions in terms of skin health, inner and outer beauty. We're looking at ways to support the immune system long-term, not just on a day-to-day basis. And of course, I'm always interested because my company was actually founded by a Nobel laureate in medicine, Dr. Lou Ignaro. Uh, Dr. Ignaro retired years ago, but in 1998, he won the Nobel Prize for his discovery of nitric oxide. So I follow the nitric oxide category very closely, and we're always working on new formulations and new concepts around nitric oxide and how it helps to support the body. So I stay busy. I love what I do, and I'm very passionate about the research. So I really appreciate this opportunity to share. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Dr. Meyer's new book, Simplifying the COVID Puzzle, addresses K2 deficiency, and it is available for pre-order everywhere books are sold, including Amazon. Dr. Myers, thank you so much for coming on the NutriCast today. It was my pleasure. Thank you. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutriIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.